Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Osiris. When I met Brian's dad, he told me Brian was born ready, but I don't know if he meant for this podcast <laughs> or just for being a fish for stats master. It. Maybe for all of it. I, I honestly don't know if he's figured out what it's for, to be totally, totally honest. <laughs> That's fair. For something. We're here. Um, we are here to recap the two SPAC shows, of course. Um, I guess before we start, really sad day. I think we all knew for the past two years or so, James has, James Casey had been been battling cancer. And um, yeah, it's really sad that he passed away. And um, yep. yeah, I don't really know what else to say yeah. besides that. What else do we say? Uh, it's, I mean, we say that, but I mean, it, he's too young. Uh, so talented. I think that um, the impact of his loss, but also of the work he's done will stay with us for a long time. Yeah, I think, you know, to your point, um, the man brought a lot of joy and a lot of happiness to a lot of people. And I think, in a way that, um, without him being, uh, in tab and having the exposure that he had, I don't, I don't know if I would have heard his music and that's a real shame, but it's also a real joy that, uh, Trey was able to bring his artistry and his interpretation of music to us. Um, I mean, I saw him six months ago playing with Phil and friends where he, uh, had an amazing vocal solo on eyes of the world that just like, cracked the entire room in heart or in half. Um, and he just, he, he was an incredible musician and seemed like an incredible person. And, uh, I don't know. It's a really, really sad day. Yeah. The first time I saw James was at Brooklyn bowl and he was about 10 feet away from me. And 
I was completely blown away by his stage presence. I think that's something that just really stood out about him is just the way that he was able to connect with an audience and the chemistry between him and Jennifer and Natalie is just so intense and amazing and special. It's one of those magic kind of groups of performers. They just seem to be perform as one. And that always just stood out to me. And the last time I got to see him was at Mohegan Sun during Goose, the Goose Tab Run. And they came out during Goose's Fish in the Sea, the the horn section did. And it was the only time they did that on the run. And I felt so happy that I was there for that because I was dying to hear them play with Goose. And they seemed so excited. And the Goose guys were so thrilled that they were on stage with them. And they just completely just owned that arena. It was magic. And I'll really miss him seeing him. And I know that Tab is never going to be the same without him. He brought a lot to that band. Yeah, Trey's uh, post on Instagram today, people should check it out. I'm not going to try to read it here. But, you know, he spoke to that, um, the connectedness of the horn section and how beautifully they all played together and worked together. And, of course, to uh, sending love to his family, which I think we all do as well. Um, Brian, you mentioned his playing with Phil and friends recently. I think that was something that surprised me a little bit when Phil announced he was going to have the tap horns, not any sort of like, it's just, I was surprised by it. And I really yeah. love the results. I actually went back and listened to some of the Capitol theater stuff today, including an eyes of the world and uh, beautiful dear prudence that he sang on back in March. That's yes. great stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, obviously he was a, a great musician and, and great guy. I mean, really great guy. Um, we got to interview him for Alive Again, and Matt and I actually had several Zoom calls with him about a podcast that he was thinking about doing. This is before he got sick. Um, and he had a lot of he had a lot of wisdom to share, but he also wanted to bring other voices to, to the fore um, and use, like, kind of the jam band connections that he'd made to highlight other musicians that he had worked with and other artists. And, um, it's really great. There's one, one story that we were texting about that he, we have the whole, his whole interview from alive again, which maybe we can post at some point, but, um, he told a story about how he was, when he was first approached by, um, by tab or by Trey, I mean, he just like most people who have told the story of being approached by Trey to play with them and they, they just get a random call and it's like, Hey, it's Trey. You want to play in my band? Like that's yeah. what happened to Marco. Yeah. It's what happened to like so yeah. many people. <laughs> but um, I think he heard from Jen that that Trey was gonna was gonna contact him, and he was like, "Cool." And then he was like, "I don't know who that is." And then he he <laughs> he got a message, and um, he got a voicemail when he woke up, and it said, "This is Trey. I'm in this band called Fish, and I want you to join my personal band." And he said he like listened to the message and went back to sleep. And then when he woke up, he he called krasno and was like some guy named trey called me and krasno talked about this in alive again he was like i mean i was like dude of course like this is like the opportunity of a lifetime like you have to you have to do this gig so he was like okay right. great he was like i'll do it <laughs> it's just really funny it shows like trey's great at, at bringing people in from outside of his world and our world and um james was amazing really amazing we, his talents and his his presence will be missed. And um, we put a link last week to his GoFundMe page. Obviously, you know, his family. And um, there's so much complication, I think, that comes with something like this. So support that if you can. But, um, yeah, sad to, sad, to, sad to talk about the news. 
but my my thoughts go really go out to his family and and to and to his musical family like i think i think jen and natalie and james had like a really really pretty pretty tight thing so i hope they're all doing okay and dealing with this all right but um yeah i guess now we can talk about the joyous concerts from this weekend yeah it's a hard transition um but uh yeah there was some good music and you know what better way to um kind of lift our spirits than to talk about good music um there were you know what they played two shows it's back and they were they were i think i i expected them to not be bad in any way because fish is playing really well i think my expectations were more than met i think they came out and uh more really delivered um and i think that sets up a great weekend ahead for brian and all of the lucky people who will be at dicks yeah i think we should also say these these were um uh, benefit shows uh, yep. um, to raise money for the floods in Vermont that happened um, Vermont and part of New York state uh, July 9th, I believe. Um, and Jonathan, you sent over the image of them with uh, the New York governor. Um, it appears that they raised $3 million from these shows, which is not just the jams, the money that is raised and is going to go to good causes. They're um, pretty amazing stuff for them to, take this on um do what they do best to give back as much as possible while also from a you know uh just tour cycling standpoint give them two shows under their belt before they come out west here for colorado yeah, i just want to just i'm getting ahead of myself but um i'll just do it anyway because i already started but um <laughs> i didn't listen to the night tonight too until this afternoon and like after Ooh. hearing this news about james and then listening to the Derek truck sit in it was Ooh. sort of like a it's just such a beautiful segment of music it's really so if you haven't listened to it today you should you should go back and listen to it again but um and we'll put the, the link in the show notes to the water wheel stuff into the gofundme um but um yeah, I mean, I guess so. There were two two kind of pre-show um, sets with just Trey and Paige, and um, I think Jen wrote Jenny. She was at both of those, and she wrote about them for Fishnet. She she had like the the best. She had like the ideal fish fan experience this weekend. She, so like, happy for her. I know, she me was, too. Like, she was like front row it. for yeah. everything and just having yeah. a blast, and it seemed like really great. But is there? Is there anything notable that you guys know? I know we haven't, I haven't heard the audio from those. I don't know if they'll get posted or not, but it seemed like they kind of, Trey and Paige ran through a bunch of songs. It sounded like it was pretty intimate and pretty emotional, but um, do you guys hear anything else about those, about those opening sets or anything to say about them? Well, they played some stuff they haven't played in a really long time, right? Like talk, which is pretty exciting. And yeah, if you haven't read Jen's recap on Fishnet of those shows, I think it's worth reading. It's pretty incredible. It sounds like it was pouring rain the first night and everybody, which is, you know, just so ironic at a flood benefit and that everyone just kind of stuck it out and realized like, we're just going to get absolutely soaked. And it seemed really <laughs> intimate. Paige had his grand piano and, you know, Trey was just out there with his guitar and it looked really, it looked like it was a really beautiful event in like a very small wood theater she said it looked like something that like a children's theater would have performed on in the summer. So I would definitely read those. It just really gives you the vibe. Jen did a great job with those. Yeah. It's uh the, the setting is, is gorgeous and um, yeah, great, great set lists. Uh, if mm -hmm. I could, Brian and Robert sleep talk, strange design mountains in the mist sample on the Friday and then 
water in the sky, farmhouse, driver, miss you, waste, evening song, joy, and back on the train on the second show. And they wow. were, um, oh, you know, Trey T's welcome to Munchkin land after water in the sky said he had no clue that the previous day when he had been teasing that. And we'll talk about that. So first night during the fish show, he'd been teasing that. And he said he had no clue. That was the anniversary of the release of wizard of Oz, mm. which is interesting. Um, because man, he really does lean into that. And again, I guess we'll talk about that, but you know, just so cool. Trey and Paige together on this tiny stage. Like, I, I don't want to say I'm jealous because I'd like to be above jealousy, but I wish <laughs> that it had been me there. I will say yeah, that. Yeah, same. <laughs> I'm I'm really here for just like future Trey Page collaborations. We've been really lucky totally. with these over the last yeah. kind of a product of the pandemic, those videos that they released and then the December album and the January record that came out this year. I mean, I it still gets a ton of spins for me. The two of them playing music together um outside of the larger project seems to be adding a lot of intimacy and a lot of uh you know just communication and collaboration between them that i'm i'm super into i am here for that like you know ever-growing bromance um, yeah yeah musical know romance, you know yeah. yeah let's have an album for every every month of the year how about that that's what i'm hoping for <laughs> <again>. <laughs> um so okay so that the, the first night um I didn't watch either of the webcasts. I know everyone else did, and that's just part of part of why I'm not as cool as everyone. But um, we have this <laughs> the first. He first said it, not set, me. First night, Friday night, Kill Devil Falls, Moma Dance, Ocelot, The Wedge, Mall into Punch in the Eye, Sand, Rock and Roll. Um, there's a couple things that we were that I think you all had thoughts about in the first first set there, but um, this is. I guess this is the first punch in the eye of, of 2023, which was, which was notable. And, um, a year. Yeah. A year. Dick's last, Dick's year. last year. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Megan, Crazy. what were your, what was your take on this set and what were your highlights? I really liked this set. I thought the MoMA was awesome. It really gets out there. It's really, really pretty. It kind of like hints and flirts with like some really beautiful moments. I thought it was great. And I always love MoMA, but I thought it was nice. And then I think, Mall, I think I texted you guys about this. I have a confession to make. I think I like this song. Mm -hmm. I I think it's good. I'm aghast. It's it's a good song. It's it's catchy. I found myself kind of like moving along to it on the couch, and I was like, "Wait, is this Mall? Am I dancing to Mall? Because I like it." Um, yeah, and I love when they start jamming it now, and they kind of like pulling it apart at the seams. The last few times I've heard it, they've done that, and it's been it's been great and a beautiful segue into "Punch You in the Eye." I thought that sounded great, and then the I sound was, was really fun. Go ahead. I was talking, I was like humming and singing along to Mall, like walking around the house the other day. So, so definitely is like one of those See? things that stays with you. So, it's, I'm, it's I'm, got it's got a hook that kind got of a hook. lasts. Yeah. Awesome. So good job. You're Mike. not alone. You're not alone, Megan. Look at that. Yeah, I'm um, a fan of it as well. I do wonder if I'm a fan of it because it is the Mike song that seems to stretch itself out there and go yeah. for a walk every so often, just a little bit. We've had a couple micro jams out of it, notably in 2022, that were really good. I feel like there was one from this year that I'm just blanking on because there's been so much good fish. But I enjoyed uh, the version from from Friday night. It um it definitely felt like it kind of wandered a bit astray from Mole. And then, like you said, the segue into Punch was great. The MoMA was really killer at the top. Um, that like second song, 
reliable jam vehicle that doesn't go too far, but just allows them to stretch their legs. It just seems to give them kind of a breath of fresh air as they go into a show. And it does seem to impact where the show goes later on because they've already gotten over that hump of that kind of first jam. Um, to me, though, the highlight of this first set was that sand. The uh, Welcome to Munchkinland teases, trying to figure out what it is, trying to do my Wizard of Oz um, you know, <laughs> history deep dive while listening to the show. And then my son yelling at me the next morning because I kept whistling it over and over again. And he was just <laughs> like, will you stop? It's not Munchkinland here. Will you please stop? Um, You're like, I don't really, know. Really, it might be. There are know. a lot of small You're people here. Kind of I don't know. <laughs> I, I was like, he, he keeps telling me I'm six foot. I'm like, I'm not. And I'm, I'm unfortunately five, eight. I'd like to be taller. You know, so there are issues in this home around that. Um, <laughs> I, I, the last thought I have just is like, it was really impressive how he just continuously returned to the riff and nailed it along with the peak. You know, he wasn't just, it wasn't just this one, like a San Jose, um, you know, tease in there or third, uh, third stone from the sun. It was like an actual part of the jam. It was really impressive. Yeah. The, the sand is my obvious highlight and the way he kept flogging that, that sounds negative. Maybe I don't want to. The way he kept returning to and staying <laughs> on that theme while the rest of the band was still very heavily grooving on sand was it was really cool to hear. It was certainly unique and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, really, really solid first set. So can let me just ask you guys and we'll see if anyone in the chat has an opinion. But I think, you know, the only thing that I would ask is the the eight minute rock and roll. How do we feel about that? I'm good with it. Great set um, closer. Look, if they're not going to open the set with rock and roll, it's not going to be a 25 minute version. Also, it's not 2009 anymore. So, or 2010, <laughs> whenever it was, they used to do that kind of stuff all the time, like rock and roll drowned or down with disease. You mm -hmm. know, it, this is not then. Uh, so I think they could have ended the set on sand, but they weren't at 75 minutes yet. So they needed to do something and it rocked. Okay. All right. Loaded so. is my favorite fish cover album. Yeah. Rock and roll is my favorite fish cover song. Um, I'm here for it regardless. Um, I take a slight bit of offense at the um, uh, suggestion that they shouldn't play it if it's eight minutes, but you know, seeing as yeah, you look I like you're on the you. set of the shining right now, I'm going to give you uh, <laughs> a bit of a break here and uh, you know, say he does have twins too. He does. And, and say, <laughs> you know, if you were, two rows in front of me at Dick's and they played an eight minute rock and roll. I would challenge you not to be jumping up and down. And I know that you would. <laughs> he would. Fair. Yeah. All right. Roddy yeah. chops and everything. He All would right, be fine. straight up jumping up and down. So happy. So happy. Fine. Fine. I'll retract my comment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> set two. Uh, a classic five song second set here. Um, classic as in that's what we all want. Um, Evolve. Wave of Hope, Into Simple, Into Fuego, Into Choctaw's Torture. I, I want you all to talk about this because I know everyone has thoughts. I will say that Tom talked at length about Evolve in our um, new episode of Undermine where we, there, he and Benji talked about a bunch of the new new songs. And it's clear that he and, and Trey both like really, really love this song. So it's really cool to see uh, to see them playing this as a, a second set opener before they go back into the into the jams. Um, but Brian, what I know you liked this set a lot. 
I love this set. Um, I love this show. Uh, I think this set and the larger show gave me throwbacks to lock in 2016. Obviously this wasn't initially planned, um, on the tour routing, but you know, that was the weekend before Dick's 2016. Very, very strong opening night, pretty solid second night with a really cool version of light. And it preceded what was, uh, an incredibly strong Dick's run. Um, who knows what's going to happen this weekend, but just hearing them come out and play three weeks after they close the MSG run with just this level of musical communication and just willing to dive off the deep end was, uh, something to be, something to behold. Um, simple. I found really interesting. I mean, I love the wave of hope, but simple. I found really interesting just from a listening back standpoint. And it kind of made me think about these like moments when we're in a really, really great year of fish and the band has kind of come across uh different styles of music that they tend to jump to uh from an improvisational standpoint and this version and and a lot of jams like this don't tend to break a ton of new ground musically but they explore a lot of areas that the band has gone back to throughout the year and it just feels almost like an encapsulation of 2023 fish within this jam um i thought it was a full experimentation you had that um, you know, spacey area in the middle of it. It kind of built up to this almost demented groove. It sounded at one point like it was going to go into sanity, had a nice peak and then some space towards the end. It just full ideas. Doesn't sound like the band's like trying to connect with each other. It's just one member plays something, another member responds and it's just that back and forth conversation that we go for. So I loved it. Um, we also had to update the 20 minute back to back jams and fish history chart because now twice this year, uh, we've had this happen. Um, which is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven with a caveat eight times because <laughs> one time was there was a set break separating them. Um, doesn't count. pretty cool stuff. Wait, doesn't Brian, really count. Doesn't, but yeah. has it ever happened twice in a year? where there's been two back-to-back jams twice in a year, like no, this year. this is the first time it's ever happened, according according to, wow. to my research. Um, a very strange planet we live on. It is. I, I have just like a um, a strange caveat stat. Can I just provide it here really quickly? Please. Because I was thinking about this. So this has happened. All right, if you don't want to count Yem, this has happened six times. I'm going to count Yem because the versions I'm counting are very heavily jammed out versions of Yem, and we have heard some 17 minute versions of Yem. So pipe down there in the front, young man. Um, <laughs> so I was thinking about like how do we quantify how rare this is that this has happened? Because if you catch one of these things, like this is not a thing you can even predict or expect or hope for. And I went through a list of rare fish songs that have been played more times than fish has done back-to-back 20-minute jams. And I have a short, short list. Can I share them? This is not, you can go to fish.net if you'd like to. Wait, Brian, can you say one more time what this is? What is it? So these are rare fish songs that have been played more times than the band has done a back-to-back 20-minute jam. Okay. So these are like (laughs) songs that are like very, very specific for you to hear. So like, for example, NO2 has been played nine times. Shafty has been played 10 times. Great Gang in the Sky, 12. Soul Shakedown Party, 13 times. Keyboard Army, 15 times. Albuquerque, a huge shout out for Dicks this weekend. Yeah. Only 16 times. And Shaggy Dog has been played 17 times. So just to put into context how unique it is that a person would catch a back-to-back 20-minute jam. Amazing stuff. I I hope um, all those at Dicks this year. 
all of those in back-to-back 20-minute jams every night yeah. just so I can walk out. Exactly. I can't. I, I need to You won't walk that. out. You'd be like carried out with that. Brian, can you <laughs> can you show can you send us like a piece of graph paper with this written out? <laughs> yeah, or just now. screenshot your uh <laughs> your beautiful it. mind drawing that you have with this. <laughs> um this set is so the set is is really pretty awesome. Um the yeah. they're just yeah. it's so effortless, you know, the whole thing. Um just going going through Wave of Hope into Simple, into Fuego, into Chalk Dust, just mm-hmm. it feels like one big segment. And um, yeah, really, really pretty great. And Brian, I you, you said that I was in The Shining, and I just want to defend this. this <laughs> I'm, in, I'm at this house. This house was hallway. built in 1963. And these are the original composite wood walls. That's amazing. So, so much. You know, they That's don't awesome. feel like they used to. No. They don't. They don't. It's a very classic looking room. I like it. It's also, but Stanley a long Kubrick and ominous, would have loved it as well. A long and <laughs> ominous hallway behind me because I just moved the desk today. Pretty into the architectural design and interior design of most Stanley Kubrick films, regardless of the outcome of characters in those movies. Fair. What, what's this? What podcast am I on? Sorry, um, that was my fault. Go ahead, Jonathan. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. I, I love I love the decor too, uh, RJ. But uh, I wanted to say a couple things about this set. Brian has said a lot, and uh, so I probably won't too much go long. Uh, but when they started evolve, you know, I think we know that, as you mentioned, RJ, Trey, and Tom are both very into this new song. Uh, I think we four are also. And Brian and I both were like texted like, oh, evolve. Oh, yes, because we we are pulling for this song. This they I saw yeah. other people on social media like, you know, jam evolve, you cowards. And we really were looking forward to that happening at Dick's uh, maybe uh, Saturday or Sunday. Um, but they didn't do it this time, but still nice that they're playing it. We like it. And then, yeah, this segment, the rest of the set just really does it for me this wave of hope is so good i listened to this again in the car yesterday i was on a very long drive um and it was just perfect uh arguably perfect uh wave of hope goes just deep and is outstanding and then when it resolves into simple you guys all know that i don't love simple but i like simple and obviously they do good things with it a lot of the time these days and and this is one of those and it it's just an outstanding version kind of crazy and they decay into this great deep silent space and i remember watching it uh watching the stream and you could hear Trey start Fuego very quietly. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. And it was outstanding. Now, it wasn't a big, like, man Fuego or whatever, but it was still perfect. I think Fuego itself, just as a rock-solid song without type 2 jamming, is a good psychedelic piece of work. Um excellent modern era fish music and this was a great a really good version of that and then the chalk dust is absolutely unhinged oh like, my god like you know you have your high energy rock song closer and then you have this completely unhinged chalk dust that's just like trying to fly apart at all the wrong moments but just perfectly and with utter control it's uh i i wow it is maybe one of my favorite chalk dusts in a long time 
Yeah, that, it surprised that me. That goes up against like some of the long versions too. I, I just, I like this a lot. Yeah, I think this set in general is just exactly what I want to hear from Fish. It flows perfect. It doesn't matter what songs are played. They're played with like, interest, inspiration. I think the the simple jam, what I loved about it was that the beginning of the jam was super juicy sounding, like super liquidy. It just had this like really kind of slippery feeling to it that I just loved. And you could hear them playing an idea and then someone would repeat it back and then they kind of stretch that out and layer on top of it. And then I loved, it got really dancey and effortless. And then they found themselves in that like really ethereal space and it got super quiet and Kuroda was doing those like pinpoint lights that he does now, those like tiny little lights. And it's so patient sounding, really like washes a sound, soundscape. I just wanted them to stay in that forever. I was like, don't stop, just keep going. It was so beautiful. I love the last like 30 seconds of this jam I could just listen to on repeat. It was so great. And then like you were saying, Jonathan, the Fuego creeps out of it. And every time I hear Fuego now, I'm super pumped. I mean, MSG Night 2 this year, The Greek this year, Dix last year, last year Meriwether, last year the April run, like Fuego is heavy hitter now, like really like throwing in some awesome, awesome versions. And this version was great. Paige sounded incredible on the piano, just gorgeous. And the interplay between him and Trey were, was amazing during Fuego. And yeah, this chalked us though, like it's wild. Trey sounds completely possessed. The end of it is just it's incredible. And I think that's the perfect set closer and then come out with Velvet Sea and like bring everybody down to that. Just like, you know, these lyrics, like everybody knows, but they're so beautiful and raw and like the perfect thing after like a wild chalk dust. And then of course, Santos, the best, like send you out of the arena happy. Great show. Yep. So, okay. So then show. So then they played again the next day, which is crazy. So we had That's another. Absurd. Why would they <laughs> even do that? I mean, wow. after such a good show, like we're gonna just try again. Mic drop. <laughs> we had a we had another um, Trey Page um, kind of mini acoustic set before, as we mentioned, and then the set set one. I think you guys, Brian and Jonathan, were texting about this this song choices in this set: uh, Free Wolfman's Maze, Sigma Oasis, Pillow Jets, Tube, Into Twist, Into Harry Hood. What, what do so, you get? What do you got? I, I, you know, we were, I think, I don't want to say puzzled, but we were like, this is, these are unusual song choices for first set. Even though sets don't matter, we've talked, covered this ground around here a lot in the past couple of years. Uh, it, it did seem a little odd, but it became clear in the second set that they had so much planned. <laughs> Basically, your fourth quarter for you sports people, you know, the second half of second set had something special in mind. So they wanted to make sure they covered certain ground uh, like Harry Hood and a twist and things like that. That I, I guess Jay was feeling back deserved. So they went out there and they, they did it. And I, what a great and special first set. Um, nothing goes especially long, uh, the tube is, I, I don't know how this tube is only six minutes. It felt like Trey got right out there and weird with his effects on the jam. Mm -hmm. um, super dancey, great version. Free, open, didn't go didn't go long, but it was, you know, it was rocking, great opener. I mean, it's kind of the same for everything. Sigma Oasis is just about 
is almost the longest song. Harry Hood being the the actual winner here, but uh, if you care about duration, but uh, yeah, I, great, really solid set. I was very excited to get into set two after this one. I had a great time watching it and listening to it. Yeah, I'm, I, I thought this set like it, it's interesting because it um, there's nothing really expansive the way that the MoMA or the Sandworth from the night before. But everything's played really well. And to your point, the tube is very contained, but has some really exciting moments. Pillow Jets, I think, was only about seven minutes long and has this beautiful closing jam. That is one of my favorite new songs that has been played. Um, you know, the song segment is is really, really nice, really pretty. Um, kind of sounds like what the title uh, is. It just you know, has that like feeling that you see it on paper and you like can hear how it, how it sounds and it sounds that way. And then the way it just opens up into almost a jam space the way that um discern used to back in 2003 um a song i would love to hear them uh bring back at some point in time but that just open air soundscape type of jamming um but yeah to end it with tube twist and hood um definitely threw you off a little bit in terms of the what set are we in what songs are being played but i i, I think that's a good thing i think to your point jonathan 2021 kind of ended this these songs get played in this area it's kind of everything gets played in any part of the show based on what the band's feeling and that and that adds a bit of uncertainty to the structure of sets and you feel a little bit off kilter from time to time in a good way it's surprising often um whereas you know you go back even four or five years and there were a few more predictable moments in terms of this song belongs here versus this song and so um i thought it was really nice and uh, yeah, it, it also, um, it made a lot of sense once, you know, as we get into it, the second half of the second set unfolded and it was clear that certain songs just were not on the chart to be played at that point in time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about one of our great partners, DistroKid. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keeping 100% of their royalties and earnings. If you're a musician and looking to get your music out there, DistroKid is the way to go. DistroKid is available for iOS and Android and is now available in Apple's App Store and the Google Play Store. More than a million artists rely on DistroKid to get their music onto Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all other major streaming services. And with DistroKid, you can upload new releases, see your financial progress, get notified when you've earned royalties, withdraw money from the app, view and share links, check your streaming stats, and a whole lot more. DistroKid has more features than any other music distributor. Check them out today. Go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash helping friendly. That's distrokid with a capital K dot com slash VIP slash helping friendly for a special offer. Thanks, DistroKid. Yeah, yeah. I, thought it, I thought it was a great first set. I thought opening with free, give me all the 4.0 freeze. Like this song is 
crunchy now and funky. I feel like this is where they really tap into their 97 vibes and I'm loving it. Trey always puts the effect pedal to good use. This like perfect opener, super groovy, nice Wolfmans. And I just want to shout out Trey's singing during Maze. He was like, the course that my tread had already traversed. You know, he's like giving it a little bit and I'm, I'm here for it. You know, I want to like go karaoke singing with Trey. We can sing like show tunes. That would be amazing. I feel like it would be so fun. I feel like he's really leaning into his like Broadway vibes and I'm here to support it. Imagine he has some dance routines like memorized with the lyrics and it would actually be very impressive. <sighs> be still my heart. Stop. I think- Stop. I think there was a time, you know, I think that we talked about this in the spring where it, it felt like it was like a little, a little overdone because he was doing it on like every song, but he's, 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 I, I, I think so too. You know, and it's it sounded kind of fun. Yeah, it was good. But, and I also just want to shout out Pillow Jets. I love this song so much. And the synths that they brought in the chorus sounded very goose-like to me in the best way. I just, I was here for it. But then you hear this like a big Honk. thematic languages like conjures of thunder and then you're like okay this is still fish it's still fishy <laughs> 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 like goose or the, i don't think goose this can right get a little like, creepy just yeah little yeah creepy. yeah <laughs> sorry I, I just mentioned goose goose i had to do it but it just made me think of that and i'm into it you know this is the first time that harry hood has closed <laughs> set one since 1999 Nine twenty-eight ninety-nine at Oak Mountain. Whoa! Wow! Wow! One closer. That's crazy. I mean, that's also the year that Derek Trucks played with Fish last, right? Whoa! 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 Don't try to connect any dots around here. That's wow. crazy. What are you, wow. a fish fan? I promise well, I, you, Trey was <laughs> aware of that stat before. Saturday. Someone. Well, he definitely knew that they weren't going to play. I mean, they sh- actually now that I say that they should have played Hood with Derek Trucks, but maybe oh, knew yeah. that they wouldn't. <laughs> They probably because he had been yeah. clearly practicing those those songs. Good stat, Jonathan. Great yeah. contribution. So we good. are we're rolling. Um, Starting my pay <laughs> right here, right now. Down with disease. Into ghost. Two thousand one. Golden age. Into everything's right. Life beyond the dream. First tube. Possum. Those last five songs with Derek Trucks on guitar. And this was pretty cool. It was a good set. I mean, the the ghost was really. Like they, it was getting, it was getting pretty deep. I think um, with the down with disease and the ghost, um, but the the golden age, everything's right. Like beyond dream, first two, but Derek Trucks are just, it's awesome. The way that he, well, we can talk about it. I mean, the way that he was, talk about what it. he was adding, I think, was just really pretty special and and pretty different from even what you would hear him play and at like a Tedeschi Trucks show. He was just, it was, he was adding a a layer of melody that I think was just really impressive. Um, Jonathan, do you want to start? Yeah. So I want to take this in two halves because of this set, unlike most fish sets, it absolutely has kind of a delineation and it's uh, the first bit before Derek comes out is, is great. Down with disease is good, not overextended, uh, but it stretches a little and goes nicely into the ghost and uh, ghost is also same, same story, right? It's not super long, but it's stretched. It's longer than your average first set ghost that we've been getting a lot of in the recent, recent times. And uh, the drop into 2001 is killer. And then they bring Derek Trucks out and we're all like, oh, damn, here we go. And they start playing Golden Age. And I can I think I'm going to speak for a lot of fish fans out there uh, when I say what 
However, <laughs> yeah. very quickly, we were like, oh, damn. Because, uh, you know, while you, I don't know, any of us would have written down this song if we were like 10 songs Derek Trucks plays with Fish. It's probably not making our list beforehand, but he really brought some great shit to this song. And uh, I was very happy they picked it. Um, and then, you know, and then it just, it goes on. Uh, I think Everything's Right is a pretty reasonable selection for yeah. for him it's mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's rocking it's a rock song Derek trucks he can play a rock song and and it was great it was a really nice version um could they have continued and finished the entire set but just drawing out everything's right yeah but uh they didn't um they did uh this a life beyond the dream which you know again in the moment i was like oh that's an interesting choice and and it was amazing and it was one of my favorite versions and then i remembered that they that uh derek and susan joined tab uh at lock-in for this song and a few others but they did a beautiful version of this at lock-in in 2019 that oh my god um, susan i had singing in that to. oh so good oh my god she i know when they, when they started playing that i was like I'm sure everybody was like, is Susan coming out? Is Susan coming yeah, out? Right. Cause her vocals on that just, Oh my God. I had forgotten about that version until after the fact. Uh, but I really enjoyed this. Uh, and I, I know I texted you guys this is my favorite fish version of this song right now. Um, because it's, it's just gorgeous. And, uh, first tube, probably one of my favorite fish first tubes in a long time. I think you guys know mm. that I, I kind of find a lot of fish versions of this song a little bit rote. Um, particularly when it's a set closer, this one was obviously more than that. It's pretty great. And possum is the most obvious pick in the fish catalog to bring out Derek trucks. And so thank God they did it for the encore. It ripped. Um, the only thing that would have made it better is if they had wrapped it up with Mustang Sally. <laughs> this is Brian like, would have thrown something. This is the, this is the second time. The second time they played Possum with Derek Trucks, or yeah. more than that. Yeah, they played it on seven ninety nine. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Derek was like five, twelve, <laughs> twenty years old. Just it was insane. probably. Yeah. I mean, we we were watching. We were trying to figure out how old is Derek Trucks, and I was like, I think he's pretty young. And then I looked him up, and I was like, Oh my god, he's only forty four years old. Like the amount yeah. of people that I know wow. in their early forties who are, I mean, the dude was playing with the Allman Brothers at like thir- 13, 14. It's insane. I mean, I I saw him. They dragged him out for a song when I. One of the first times I saw the almonds, and it was a long time ago, and he was young, though not that much younger than me, but he was looking a lot younger at the time. (laughs) Yeah, I think. I mean, I think uh, you're you're spot on with everything. I think um, you know, Golden Age and First Tube are not two songs I would have expected them to play with Derek Trucks. I thought he added some really cool elements to it. Oh Um, yeah, everything's right. Uh, Seemed to be like kind of the capstone of like here's trey and derek kind of going back and forth and it was that kind of duel and it was the type of thing you just don't see with trey at a lot of fish shows um and you know it it made me think about how both special it was to be witnessing this and i'm sure for everyone there like to you know to just look up and see derek and trey go back and forth and and really trey you know hang in a way that um when he played with Tedeschi Trucks back in uh, 2019, when he covered um, Derek and the Dominoes, Layla, uh, the whole album, which was a great set. You know, Trey was, 
he's a different guitarist right now than he was four years ago. He's, this was a really, really, this has been a very strong year for him and for him to really hold his own on a lot of leads was really cool to watch. It also made me think about, you know, how special it is the way fish plays just themselves and that Mm. we don't get this like back and forth. You take a solo. Now you take a solo. Now we change keys and you take a solo. Like it's very much of an intertwined conversation. So I, I was listening to it both an appreciation of the moment and also the appreciation of how, you know, hard fish works to make their jamming, you know, about this conversation and this very democratic process. Um, a life beyond the dream, though. I mean that that reminded me of um, the Bob Weir sit in on Miss You, where mm. I, I don't know. Yep. And I was texting with a good friend about this, who um, is not as big of a fan of the recent ballads out of Fish as as I tend to be. And he heard the song and immediately went to that Miss You version. Was like, I don't think I'll ever hear the song the same way again. And so to have that ability to like give perhaps some skeptical fans that don't want to take a pause in the middle of set two to be reflective and think about friends and think about people that we've lost and think about how special this life is, um, you know, to have a, uh, a performance that really kind of shines through for them. I think that's, that's a win, uh, in a lot of cases, cause it's a really good song. And I think, uh, you know, um, it's one of those songs that, um, you know, people should just really reflect on how, how important it is to Trey when he's singing this. Um, so, so I really like that. And possum, man, the chugle at the end of the show. Uh, I don't awesome. know anybody who doesn't like possum. Um, if they don't, I don't know what's wrong with them. Maybe they're the type of people that don't like eight minute rock and rolls. I don't know. Uh, just <laughs> it's a very, very <laughs> narrow Venn diagram that you just described. I can't, yeah. yeah, this was closing in into that. This was probably the best possum of all time. I don't know. Cause I didn't listen to it, but I assume it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I only want to hear possum with Derek Trucks now. So missing out. How about that? Oh, that seems fair. I mean, right? there is a conversation to be had here about, and and maybe this quick hit is too long for us to do it, but um, about fish doing with sit-ins guests. I mean, we, I, we've touched on it before. I know um, there are a lot of people who generally say fish with guests doesn't work. There are, key exceptions to that that we could rattle off and we have in our texts and you know uh neil young um that you know these things do sometimes work uh sometimes they do not bb king but um this is a good one uh i don't think that fish as a band that is known for jamming in is the like the modern kind of archetype of jam band uh i don't think they're really built for jamming with extra people i just i they i mean i think it requires adjustment to who they are i think so too they know where their strengths are they know what works and what sometimes doesn't they've <laughs> all of those sets that we've listened to and gone hmm they were up there and maybe they've gone back and they probably treasure those moments like there's no question that trey would probably say jamming with bb king is a big fucking deal um mm-hmm. But maybe, you know, maybe it doesn't come off uh, musically as well as other things. Uh, but anyways, I think my point is is lost on me completely. Uh, I have <laughs> gone on too long. Please save me and no, bail me no, out I, of this hole. No, you're I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, I think that I, totally I don't think it, yeah. that they're trying to jam with their guests, you know, which is why I think they don't have a lot of sit-ins because – they want to jam and they do something very particular that their fans want to see 
them do. And so I think for them, having a guest is a big deal. I mean, when was the last guest? 2016? I mean, is there, you know, is there yeah, been and, one and since then, right? It was New Year's Dave, Eve. Dave Matthews sat in, um, in Mexico. On, yeah. On Mexico, which yeah. wasn't really, you know, it wasn't even um, in this country. So it doesn't really count. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's just, stats. yeah, Mexico doesn't you count. So, that. you know, there's not, they don't do a lot of sit ins because that's not what they do. But I think that this one really worked because musically, yes. I thought it was awesome. I think that bringing someone out who's known for this, like, Almond Brothers classic rock and playing a TV on the radio song with them is just like, fucking genius like who would have done that except for trey and it was just it was great and when the when he comes out when Derek comes out just listening to that i listened back to the audio today it's just unbelievable the crowd is going crazy the whole time and then the minute he starts plays that first lick it's just goes nuts and i love that he got that moment and that trey got to have that moment with him and how cool that this person that played with them you know, 24 years ago when he was so young, got to play with them again and do it in this incredible, it's back, you know, for this great benefit. And I just thought it was a great, great sit-in. And I think just everything right, everything's right, gets to some really beautiful, beautiful music. And like you were saying, Brian, it's not, you know, this deep jam, but it's them talking and just hearing two geniuses, like, converse through musical instruments like that is such a gift. I loved it. I thought it was gorgeous. It was like really, really, really beautiful. It felt like Trey was like leaving these like little breadcrumbs, like walking down a path and like leaving breadcrumbs. And Derek was like picking them up and taking them along. And it just, it felt like they were really in this together. And watching the video of them is incredible. Just watching them like look at each other and play just so focused and watch them have fun together. It's just, to me, it was really, really special. And you know, I'm a huge Life Beyond the Dream fan. And so I knew they were going to play this. And to hear them play such an emotional song with Derek's guitar, I mean, he has such an emotional tone. It's just like, oh, it just was perfect. It was great. And I thought that the echoing in first tube made this song sound really ominous and kind of foreboding in a way that usually it just sounds triumphant. And this gave it like this mm-hmm. other layer because nice. Derek was like, mimicking it or just a step behind it almost and it just gave it this like different vibe and I thought wow I never heard first tube sound like that to me that was really cool and Derek's solo at the end is just it's just like that joyful country like uplifting just so different from Trey's solo that he does at the end I thought it was awesome I just just can I just say quickly that I mean I think the sit-in that well, they played Life Beyond the Dream with with Derek and Susan that at that lock-in. I mean, yeah. that is like a really just all-time version of that song. So this is probably right behind yeah. it. Maybe they I think I've listened to that like a hundred times. Yes. Yeah. No, not only with them, then we wouldn't hear it enough, RJ. This is my number one fish version. Yep. They could just That'd come on the tour and just do that. And okay, uh, I'd allow that. I would yeah. go on a dual headline Tedeschi Trucks Trey Band tab tour, by the way. I just kind of put that energy yeah. into yeah. the universe. I like, like that. Each band take one long set with a little cross-pollination. I mean, if only Tab had ever done a co-headline set with another band before to kind of set if the... If uh, only. That's a <laughs> historic template. Um, like one thing M&Ms like just... and Peanuts, you know? It'd be great together. Yeah. I'm, I'm into it. There's actually a jar upstairs that i might have to dig into after this um <laughs> one thought just you know 
I, I said this a little bit earlier, but um, to your point, Megan, like first tube and golden age, um, you know, those songs sound rooted in like turn of the century, like New York dance, industrial indie culture. You think about TV on the radio and all the grooves that are in those uh, songs. And you think about first tube and, you know, the, that and sand being written right around each other after Trey was spending a lot of time, you know, listening to that type of music and almost like absorbing, absorbing rave culture at the end of the 1990s. And, um, to have this like steward of Americana music and Americana jam put his voice in there, um, you know, via the guitar, it, it reminded me a lot of like the inspiration of what makes fish so special is they're often combining styles of music that should not necessarily work together based on our preconceived notions of what works together. And yet they end up working really, really well. And so you got that in this and that, that was really, really special, really interesting. Um, I don't know. It was, uh, I, I have to imagine for, Anybody who is in attendance, it was one of the more special fish shows that they've attended. And um, I think the fact that we get these so rarely uh, is both a benefit because you go into fish knowing you're getting fish and you're getting what fish is presenting you. But when you catch one, man, you caught something really special, similar to when you catch back-to-back 20-minute jams, but I digress. (laughs) (laughs) Or a shafty. So... We have, I just, I just want to say that we are going to be bringing you quick hits every day after Dick's and what? Yeah, yeah, Dick's, so we, oh my God, Dick's Brian, you're seeing have, fish this week. We have a couple, just a couple of days until fish plays again. I can't really, can't do the math, but not very long. I got, um, I got, I've got a clock going right math now. Math is for <laughs> <those> <laughs> Do you imagine Brian is like one of those like giant countdowns that's like this the This is my Super Bowl. This and is I want to test it every September. If it's okay with you guys, I think we should end with this comment from Glenn Russell. 30 years ago today is Fish's first show at the Greek, the last show of their summer tour, 93, 828-93. It has an amazing, you enjoy myself, amazing antelope. There's a stash that's really killer. What a great, great tour and a great, great set closer. Mm. Or end tour of the closer. 90, August 93 tour, out. amazing. You Can I actually end with two very quick points? Yep. Yes. Thank you. Dick's planning. For anyone who's coming out who has not been to Colorado this year, it has been a very rainy summer. Right now, the forecast looks amazing. It's absolute bullshit. I promise you it will be hot. But please, please, please bring some long sleeve uh, shirts, maybe a flannel. Some of us will be wearing flannels. (laughs) It will rain at least one or two nights. I promise you, okay? So when when you put that nice flannel on before the second set of Saturday – and you're like it perfect temperature for the show. Just know that I gave you that, uh, that heads up. Um, and also, can I just add a caveat to that first point? Because the last please. five times you've shown on here too. after the last five times you've told me to bring a long sleeve shirt to a fish show, I have not, haven't done it once and I've been great. Um, well, you know, I didn't listen to anything my parents said either, and I turned out okay. So, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to be helpful here. Um, I, I, I would also like to add for any uh, people who don't regularly go to Colorado, or God help you, haven't been, and you're going for Dix this weekend, the thing that you should really remember is hydrate. Yes, please. It is very dry, and we are very high up. That is not a pun. Um, Lastly... I checked fish.net today for different purposes. And apparently Saturday night is the 3000th fish show that has at least been documented. Um, 
So I don't think the fish is going to acknowledge that at all. I doubt they know, but um, I am putting it out there in the world. Uh, it's a pretty wow. special thing. And uh, incredible perp. I will look for you as well. Um, and I will give you a high five and a Hell hug yeah. for being such an amazing creator of banter and thoughts in the comment section. So much fun. Um, Wait, can I yeah, just say that when I met the incredible perp at AC last year, I told him that we had a theory that it was actually he was actually Trey. Because like he knew all this stuff, <laughs> and he loved it. Awesome. I was like, "Dude, wait, you're not trying." Okay. That's a damn it. Wait, he's not. No. All right. Sorry. Well, thank you, incredible perp. Thank you, fish, for three thousand shows. Pretty amazing. Seriously, I've it's listened to all stuff. Of them. Some of them are two thousand nine hundred ninety-eight so far. Most of them That's are fine. That's true. Um, I guess we'll keep I don't know math all right we'll see you guys back here on i guess friday morning right wow yes friday morning yeah, we'll and have fun on thursday we're happy thank for you. you thank you i will probably be texting with you guys a little bit probably so. see you guys soon <laughs> Goodbye. See bye everyone Later. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street.